0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell.
2: We have reoccurring guest. I believe this is the third podcast we've done with this gentleman. Uh, this is a, a, a buddy of mine, a close friend, a peer, and, and a mentor, a, a really uh, rad person, artist manager, all around badass, Joe Buscema.
1: Hello, how's it going?
2: I like giving a, applauses to everyone that joins the podcast.
1: Does that mean I can give you an applause as well? hell oh, yeah right you let's hear it
2: uh well again welcome to the show i believe this is the third time you've done it once at nam once during covid i think and now again
1: we did do one over covid yeah
2: yeah well you mentioned uh you're a little road tired you just got off a tour who were you on the road with
1: yeah, um, I did mention that. I am a little road tired, if you will. Um, I was on tour with a band I manage. Um, they are called Late Night Drive Home. It was one of my favorite tours I've ever done, I'll be honest. It was just uh, was really long. I'm not 21 to 23 like they are anymore. Touring <laughs> was a, a lot easier when I was that age. I'm 33. And, uh, you know, but it was great. It was, it was fucking awesome.
2: Well, that's really good to hear. Uh, how long were you on the road with him?
1: The time on the road was a uh, little over a month, but I had left to go to El Paso like a week before the tour, and then I stayed a couple days after. So it ended up being like almost a month and a half I was
2: away from home. Oh, wow. That's a long time.
1: Yeah, which, you know, I kind of, I don't know, like I grew up in punk rock and came up, you know, first tour I did was 2009. And, you know, I live in a different country from my entire family. So I've always kind of felt a little nomadic, if you will. Or mm. I'm always down for an adventure and uh, going, going where the wind takes me, you know?
2: That's amazing. And where are you originally from? You're from Toronto, right? Toronto, Canada. Yeah. How often do you go back home?
1: Not as often as my mom would like me to. I'm actually going back uh, in like a week and a half or so. It's my niece's birthday, so I'm going to go see her for a few days. Oh. Yeah, but in the last two years so far, I have visited once.
2: <laughs> so, oh, that's bad. Yeah.
1: You know, for a nice Italian boy like me, you know, <laughs> my mom is capital P pissed, you know?
2: Yes, your name, Bushema, is it Bucema or Bushema? You had him, right? okay, Is that a pretty common Italian name?
1: It's actually not that common. There's like Steve Buscemi. Mm. You know, so I've had, uh, you know, friends or like supply teachers or teachers on like the first day of school, like call me Buscemi. And I'm like, Buscemi. Yes. What the fuck?
2: Ah, uh, Buscemi.
1: But I think it's like, I don't know if the guy's from Marvel or something. John, John Buscemi or something like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, something like that. That sounds right.
1: He's like some high up figure at Marvel.
2: Oh, like in like a studio exec or something?
1: I forget. I think he's like some like really instrumental part of Marvel Comics, I think. And then there's also a producer. Oh yeah. That is around like my age and like my scene and everything too. His name is J O N Bushama. So we're literally one letter away.
2: Oh, yes. I've seen that name on Instagram, I feel like.
1: Yeah. So we've literally um, connected on the phone. We made this pact like, dude, our names are so similar. People so often mistake us for one another. We have to like do this name justice for the both of us
2: yes and the fact that you're both in the music industry is astonishing to me
1: dude i know it's crazy it's like it's not like you know he works at subway sandwiches or something he uh no no quite literally a record producer that works with a lot of stuff that's like in my like world of things too yeah <laughs> so, other than that it's not that common
2: okay well well that's interesting to hear um Prior to us hitting record here, we were, we were talking about some changes in your life. We're going to be a little vague in general for the audience listening. Um, I'm sure you guys understand. Well, you know, they, they understand when you're, when you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's and waiting for the ink to dry on those contracts, you don't want to go out and say too much too soon. And that's kind of where Joe's at right now, but he is making a, a pretty cool uh, transition in his professional life, into something wildly excited about. Um, and I can't wait for you to come out swinging in this new venture of yours. But uh, without giving too much away, you're obviously going to be joining a group of people that is bigger than yourself. And this is something new for you as you've been managing artists on your own for quite some time now. And you've, you've obviously been with other entities before. You, you have a pretty good resume in that capacity but you are very familiar and very used to managing artists by yourself under your name um what what are some things that you're looking forward to coming up here
1: you know the company i'm joining i'm joining a management company right and um you know with yourself i feel like there's only so much one person can do i'm as i mentioned 33 years old. So I'm not a child, but I'm also not someone that has like decades of experience. So, you know, I'm a big fan of talking with people that have wisdom. So for me, joining a company is uh, gaining someone else's experience and wisdom and just growing as a manager. You know, like if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. My friend Joey says that all the time to me. And I definitely subscribe to that train of thought or philosophy rather, but yeah, it is a management company that has a track record of managing like, Hey, like not only iconic artists that are kind of in like a legacy place, but also like new artists that are at the top of the charts, the top of their game. And there's just, you know, a endless amount of resource and wisdom and uh, experience you know, resource wisdom experience. I think I actually said, you know, when you're talking to companies, a question that you're often asked, is like, so what are you looking for? Right. And and I think my main answer has always been like resource experience wisdom.
2: That's it. It's amazing.
1: Constantly want to learn, constantly want to grow. You know, if I'm not going forward, then I don't know. (laughs) I'm obviously simply not going forward. (laughs) So I like moving forward.
2: We all do. I think that's such a interesting thing that you said. And I think it's, it's really part of why I brought this up. I didn't bring this up to annoy the audience and be cryptic and vague about what we're talking about. I brought it up because there's a general lesson to be learned here. And it's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast and that is networking and getting outside of yourself and doing things in this in this industry especially this industry with other people. Like this is a creative job with creative people. Yes, you can do this alone, but I a I don't think you should and b you're going to be infinitely more successful if you open yourself up to other ideas, other people's input. And I would rather make less money. There's a few things. I'd rather make less money entirely and have a good career with friends than, you know, make a ton of money and be miserable by myself. But also I'd rather make less money now so I can make more money down the road. And I think if you partner up with good people, you're more likely to do that.
1: Totally. I mean, like it's for me, it feels like a situation where I can accomplish both where it's like the money is very much like, you know, there and present. And there's like a lot of reward for, you know, if I hit like certain thresholds and all that shit. But main thing number one is, you know, the resource wisdom and uh, that other word I said that I now forget.
2: Mm, I also forget. I don't know if I heard the first one.
1: Uh, whatever. <laughs> could, people listening
2: probably don't remember either.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: that's the, the funny thing about podcasts. It's like, Everyone's listening very carefully, but they're not going to remember a lot of this. I hope people take a lot of value away from it. I don't mean that. It's just such a passive thing. You know, I listen to a podcast while watering the front yard or going on a drive or going on a walk. It's not, it's not an audiobook in that way. And that's, that's what I love about these conversations. They're very human. And it's okay to have these brain farts and mistakes on air in this capacity because that's what this is supposed to be about. That's why I like doing this podcast is it it reflects the humanity in the industry that we were a part of. And by no means do I want people to come on this show and be like dialed in and and overthink every word they say. That's why I don't submit questions up front to people. People will ask me that like, hey, can you like email me some of the questions you think you'll ask? I'm like, we're not doing that. (laughs) Yeah. We're just having a conversation, and I just want it to be recorded Let's just have a conversation. That's it. That's all this is.
1: Experience was the word.
2: There you go. See, I bought you some time, baby. I'm a pro? Yes, you are. hell, yeah, I've done a few of these now. Well, speaking of networking, being a part of you know having your finger on the pulse of the industry, there's something I want to tell you. I don't know if I've told you this, but i'm moving I'm moving to Los Angeles.
1: No, you're not yeah buddy you are yeah yeah tell me we're gonna be neighbors are we gonna be neighbors so it's gonna move into my neighborhood
2: well depends It, it it's starting with what what we've done in the past i'll go down for a whole month in september we'll be staying in long beach for the whole month of september
1: i live nowhere near long beach but we should make time to hang
2: yeah you're you're in the valley you're like in studio city right a Lake, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I'm my guess. So, okay. After September, we're going to come back home. You know, we're going to use the time in September to look around. And my guess is somewhere around the top of 2024 is when we actually make the move officially. We just have so much to do from now until then. Right. But my guess is we'll probably
1: end up in the Long Beach area. Yeah. It's so much. So much. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Like, I can't imagine, like, you know, cause you have your wife, right? Like for yeah. me, I'm just a just a nomadic bachelor. So, you know, I'm like, cool, put my stuff in a suitcase and a backpack and I'll over the course of a few trips, like move some stuff down here. You know, yeah. I've always been the kind of guy that can like live out of a suitcase sort of thing with you. I feel like it's a the whole other thing. You got like, you got like a whole life in Oregon. Mhm. A whole
2: gosh darn life. I mean, my whole family's up here now. My all my parents and my sisters, my nieces and nephews, my wife's whole family, her parents, her side of the family, and not to mention just twenty years of being together and you know sharing a home with one another. We've been living together since basically since we were in our late teens, and that's how long we've been together.
1: Wild. Well, uh, I always offer. And when you need help moving, uh, do not call me. No, no, no. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you'll dodge a bullet there. It'll be fine. I always offer my friends. Like, I know, even just like the support of having like a pal there, just hit me up, dude. I'm always around to help out. Well,
2: that's what I'm so excited about, man. Like, we're talking about, I think a, a running theme so far of this episode with you is, is about doing this thing with other people. And the more I do that, the more I make friends with people like you, the better the business gets. And it's, it's such an interesting thing because I I don't recommend people go network and I don't recommend people go take a coffee date with someone or whatever so that you can get something from them. That's not the objective. The objective should be to be friends. You and I are friends. Yes, We may never actually monetize that other than my producers work with your artists. We've done a lot of that but I don't like talk to you and I don't have you on the podcast and stay in touch with you so that I can make money from you or do something or get something from you that hopefully that just happens because we're friends. And that's, that's
1: the goal is just being friends. It's really good. You cleared that up. Cause I was honestly worried.
2: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll, I'll come in there strong.
1: I was honestly worried, dude. I was like, I was like, damn, this guys, just, this guy just sees me as a dollar sign. Yeah. Dude.
2: Yeah. You better uh you better watch out in that apartment of yours. I'll just be sitting in the corner waiting with a wa- with your wallet in my lap.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, I was wondering where my credit card went, you know?
2: <laughs> I don't have it. I promise you cuz I don't have that much money. Not yet, baby. Working on it. Yeah, well, other than that, I mean, how how are how How is artist management going for you And the year 2023? What have you learned over the years? And where do you see this business going?
1: This is like the... You know, I'm like Lao Tzu writing the Dowdy Chang. You know, like, <laughs> hey, man, before you go, can you just like tell me everything you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, artist management in 2023. I am not on TikTok. A, making videos and B... Finding the next hot act, not doing it. Mm. I never will do it. Just not gonna be me. You know, I was saying to someone today, it's like people build it like, hey, just like MySpace was a thing, you know, where like, yeah, you can discover an artist on there, an artist can use it as a tool. But if I'm going to you know those bands that sounded like MySpace? Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that?
2: Yeah, I do. I totally know what I mean. Yeah.
1: You know, like that just sounded like that. It like it's a sound that is trapped in a time and place. Yes. And it's gonna be the same thing with TikTok. It's like I can't build a business that has an expiration date on it. You know. Right, right. So if I exclusively work with artists that are that are TikTok kids, you know, then where am I gonna be in three to five years? I'm gonna be in another business. I'm gonna be Selling timeshare in Costa Rica. You know, like late night drive home, right? They have received success as, you know, as TikTok being part of their efforts. They're not on there making music off of the culture of TikTok. They are using TikTok as a tool. Right. It is working really well for them. They are not a TikTok band. It's like it's like a different thing, you know? So With me, the music is always number one. has to be, right? Like, if we don't have a song, which is why I come to you and your people that you represent, then we have nothing, right? Like, if my artist makes a song, like Ryan Woods makes a song, and we hire Ryan Lewis to produce it with Ryan so they can take it to the finish line, and then out comes this, like, shiny diamond, you know? Yeah. If that's not the starting point, of like what of like what we're doing here then what the fuck are we doing here that's right yeah <laughs> so yeah man i'm never gonna change dude like i'm about music you know you can flash like look at all these cool things i got because i fucking found an artist that's like just living their whole life on tiktok and hey i can't go to the studio that day because i have to film 10 fucking TikToks. it's like yeah it's like dude not my thing. You want to no. know what Late Night Drive Home can do? They can fucking sell tickets. Yeah. Like, real people.
2: Yeah, but they can sell tickets because of what you're saying. They can sell tickets because they're a good band and they focus on the songs. Not because they focused on That's TikTok. That's
1: exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Late Night Drive Home can sell tickets. Right. There are massive, I'm not, I'm not going to say who, there are massive TikTok artists that have been nominated for Grammys. hmm That can't sell four hundred tickets in their hometown.
2: What does that mean to you? It means it's bullshit, dude. It's
1: like not real. Real when people are in the room, when they're lining up, when they're taking pictures. It's like that music is real. It's having an impact on someone's life to the point that it has moved them from their house and their comfort to some mode of transportation to a music venue where they are skipping a meal to wait in line to then get into the show, wait for the opening bands to play and then react in a way where the music continues to move them as the band plays and then tell the band all about it at the end of the night. Cause late night drive home is the kind of band that meets every single person at the end of the show. Right. You know, they put in the way music is moving people that's what it did for me it fucking moved me moves me to spike my hair in a mohawk and tell my principal fuck you and you know like you take the bus and the subway down a you know a shitty toronto venue to mosh until you know midnight right like that's what it's what it did for me it gave gave me that gave me somewhere to go and that's that's what's so important to me is like this music is moving these kids. It's giving them somewhere to go. It's giving them a feeling that they didn't have before, and uh, usually that feeling is some kind of hope. I'm noticing, you know, and uh, that makes me feel good because one day I'm gonna die, and I'm gonna be on a deathbed, hopefully, and you know that's that's like how I'm spending my last moments, like with people around me that love me that I also love. And I can hopefully look back on my life and say, I helped artists have an impact on people. You know, I helped them handle all the bullshit so that way they can make art in a free headspace. So that way they can impact people's lives.
2: That's so interesting. While you were talking, I was thinking of, do you know what demo-itis is, Joe? Yeah, of course. Right. When you hear a demo,
1: I get it all the time.
2: All the time. Right.
1: I love every demo. And to this day, it can be a song from a decade ago. I'm like, no, man, the demo was better. We fucked up. We never should have got that mixed, dude. And everyone else is like, what the fuck are you talking about?
2: Well, look, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot there. I I think you should get it. I mean, I'm a producer manager, so it's my sleazy job to convince you to get it mixed. But, you know, you want to get a mix so that it sounds good on no, all I'm platforms and... that
1: mixed, you know. Right,
2: right. But the the reason that the demoitis thing, why I brought it up, is that's kind of how I view this TikTok moment. Typically, you're not going to hear a band's full song, certainly not a whole EP or record on TikTok. They just do little blips, 10 seconds, 20 seconds at the most, and they repeat it over and over and it becomes a sound on TikTok and it becomes viral. And that's what kids are responding to is this one little moment, a fraction of a song. And then I actually heard someone talking about this with a Lizzo song. Lizzo is one of the biggest artists on the planet. You can't really get much bigger than her other than Taylor Swift. But (laughs) Lizzo's, my point being she's mainstream, right? And these girls were talking about how the, the clips they were hearing on TikTok is what they fell in love with. But when they heard the full entirety of the song on Spotify, they didn't like it. They didn't respond to it. It was like, oh, that's what the rest of the song was? And I think, I think that's what we're finding. It's like, that might be a moment. It might be a way to drive numbers and interest for artists online in that little hyper-focused space that is TikTok. But to your point it's not driving people to listen to music. It's not going to really drive you to listen to a full song or an LP. And it's certainly not going to motivate you to get off your ass and to buy a ticket and drive somewhere, pay for parking, go to a venue and stand there for an hour and watch a band. That's the difference.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I have, I have never consumed music that way. Like I've also seen it work, right? Like, I guess life in balance, right? Like, I think you can't in this day and age, like, you got to post on TikTok the way you post on Instagram and sure, any other social sure. media platform. The same way you need your music on Spotify. Like, you need to post content on TikTok. What I'm saying, and I'm not here to be like, fuck TikTok, fuck you, fuck your mom.
2: No, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm hearing. Right.
1: It's more like, I know people that like live their entire life on like the algorithm of TikTok that they like literally like bow down to and worship. Right. You know, like the almighty algorithm. Oh the algorithm. And it's just like, you know, uh cool man, like, hey, we're over here, we're going on tour, we're selling tickets. Yeah. You know? Like, there's gotta be some kind of balance, you know? Yeah. Let the you know, let the artists get discovered on TikTok, but get them off that app and out to a show.
2: Yes. Well, by the way, this is, you. this all started from me asking you you sort of what's the difference between the past and now since you've been an artist manager over these years, what have you learned over time? And one of the first things you said was sort of this topic of like, even though this might be happening now, even though people are focusing on TikTok, just like just like they focus on MySpace, that that's all good and well, and it matters, but it's really just one piece of the pie. It's certainly not the entirety of the pie, and that's what you're kind of saying. That's like this matters, but it does. It's not all that matters. And I will learn yes in the new way of doing things, but I will still hold on to the old way because the old way matters too. I don't know. That's the tough thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, what matters is an artist having a life experience making a song about it, and the entire way through of them making a song, not having it fit the mold of this algorithm, you know, and then that getting lost and sucked out and, you know, like, having a life experience making a song, releasing it, using TikTok and other social media platforms to get exposure to that real experience that they captured in an audio recording so that way people can relate to it it's necessary but it's not everything we've seen this before like you and i experienced myspace i had the most embarrassing myspace profile i was all about it
2: (laughs) oh joe i i was in a band Around that time, and we played a contest to win a record deal with MySpace Records. Like that's how that's how old I am, buddy. I yeah, I mean, and it it fucking mattered a lot to me. It mattered a lot to us. Like this, this is potentially our big break. And now, looking back on that, it's it's absurd. But that's how this goes, man. And it's it's I don't know why it's so hard for people to apply this to all walks of life, all types of businesses, not just our focused music industry conversation. I don't know why it's so hard for people to do both. Learn from our ancestors, learn from the past, those who've done it before, right? While still acknowledging improvements and being progressive and and moving forward today. I don't know why that's so hard for people. Right. Nothing bothers me more than young people, say teenagers and under, thinking that their generation has arrived. They are the chosen ones. They know everything. It's it's not true. <laughs> you just happen to be the young ones. And um, yeah, so.
1: Which there's a lot to learn from them as well. Amen. But, you know, like, but I got to learn from, I'm kind of at a great place being 33 because I can like talk to like the kids and be like, Hey, what do you know? What do you got for me? You know? Yeah. Um, but then also look up to this like giant, you know, in the music industry, who's got all the wisdom and be like, yes, thank you for telling me that.
2: Well, you, you just partnered up with some, some juggernauts, buddy, some people that have been doing this for Decades, decades, and decades.
1: God is good. That is that is all I can say.
2: That is very true. I I love you, man, and I, I can't wait to hang out with you more in person down there. And we're gonna we're gonna mess some stuff up. I have a I have a sneaky so su- su- wow sneaky suspicion if I can talk that you and I will continue to do some great stuff.
1: I think so. It's, I think so. It's if I was a gambling man, I would put my money on that.
2: Yeah, I'm mean, I'm just thinking how how many of the people that you're working with, I, I know and hang out with and will continue to hang out with. And I just can't wait. Because <laughs> now we'll all hang Dude, out. it's going to be epic. Oh, big, big lunches, man. But I'm not paying for every one of these lunches, okay? I need, I need you guys to start participating.
1: Hey, man. You know, I think it's a give and take, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you
2: go. We'll have to go back to that place that you and I went last time. In uh, the aroma. T- yeah, dude. Remember that guy in line that was like having it out with it. The... He bought us uh, lunch. Yeah, he bought our lunch, but he was like yelling at the staff about like being treated wrong or something. You remember that?
1: He was being uh, mistreated, from what I remember.
2: Yeah, this is what it was. He was a regular. He was a regular patron that was sitting uh-huh. at the table and asked one of the servers, "Hey, can I order something from you?" And they said, nah, man, you got to go wait in the line. And remember the line, the line was That's like
1: what it was. So he paid for our food.
2: Yes. So he could skip the line. Cause you and I were like the next in line, but you had been yeah. waiting there for like 30 minutes or
1: something. Yeah. I think so. I don't know.
2: Yeah. So he was pissed. Yeah. It was a, it was a long line. The line was outside and he was like
1: it did go out the door yeah
2: he was like hey man i come here all the time and like i never have had to wait in line before you're it's fine like that's a rule but it's how it's how it was handled and like it was weird it was weird but at least he bought our lunch so
1: it might have been a like don't you know who i think i am moment mm-hmm. you know
2: well that, there's a lot of those guys in la that's for sure
1: hey man it's all good if i'm getting lunch
2: there you go yeah, I don't even remember what you I know. ate, but it was good and really good coffee.
1: You can think whoever you wanna be if you're buying me lunch. <laughs> That's right.
2: Yeah, man. Sure. You can buy my burrito. You are the best screenplay writer of all time.
1: Yeah, it's like you go keep on thinking that you are what you are, and um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chew this food you just bought me.
2: Well, what is um what's your favorite thing about being a manager?
1: My favorite thing about being a manager, gosh, there's so many helping an artist uh playing my little part in their something big so um which yes that is the Jimmy World reference but you know being able to what they're doing with the kids is so precious and awesome and artists did that for me right like I was in a place where life was really weird and you know, w- was really uncomfortable in my own skin, and then I heard some songs that like really gave me a hope I didn't have. So I can't do that. You know, I'm like, I, I, I can't sing, I can't dance. Uh, my mom thinks I'm really cool, but you know, like I don't know that I can sell. Tickets. I think you're really cool. I can get streams, but I can I can help artists that have all of those attributes that have a similar message in mind, right? Their message is also a lot better than the way I can portray it. I think what they're doing is so fucking cool. You know, Late Night Drive Home, Ryan Woods, they're so fucking talented. They're so cool. They blow me away with everything that they do to play my little part in their something big to get that to the people, you know, to leave an imprint on these people, you know, to change their lives you know, to give them a message of hope or, you know, being being who you are. Like, every night on tour, Andre from Late Night Drive Home would be like, most important thing is that you just be who you are, you know? And Ryan Woods, uh, when he's on stage and we toured together, it was something to the extent of, like, love is the most important thing in the world, you know? And, like, that's what matters, you know, is playing my part so that way the artist can get on the stage and deliver the love and the hope and the uh, encouragement.
2: Two more things as we wind this down, Joe. What's like a, a, a good Joe Bushema piece of wisdom you would give to a – I'm going to open this up to a lot of people because we, we have people that come from all walks of life to listen to the show. What's a one piece of wisdom to either a, a new up-and-coming producer – up-and-coming band or artist, or someone that really wants to be an artist manager one day? What is something that you would recommend they do? Because they're at that early stage. They're, they're they're finding their footing, finding their voice. What's sort of a universal thing you would recommend? Oh, he's thinking, folks. Ooh, I like this. He's thinking. He's pondering.
1: There's a few things that come to mind. Don't take yourself so seriously is one of them. Okay, uh, I think I tried to take myself really seriously and present myself as like, uh, when I was coming up, like, and I'm still coming up, you know, but when I was like, really like just getting my, you know, feet moving in the industry, I try to present myself like a real estate agent. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> and like, I
2: know what you mean. Yeah. I did the same I'm thing. I'm so serious. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. Don't take yourself so seriously, but don't party like you're someone that paid to be at the show. Balance, right? Like, have a good time. Don't be a square, but don't use the bar as a way to try to be cool. Yeah. Listen, you can learn something from everybody, every single person, from the person at the venue that's helping you load your gear in, to the person that is running sound, to the person that booked your band to play there, to uh, someone standing in line to someone that is <laughs> work in the parking lot like parking cars you can learn something from everybody to the executive of a music company you can learn something from everybody amen you know just listen i think i had a hard time listening uh especially in you know that like early to mid 20s like no i know more than you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but, like age of at least I went through it and I, you know, I, I see it every once in a while. Like, I am like 23 can be such a harsh age to, you know, oh, like, yeah. I know more than you. I know everything. It's like, dude, you're, you're still a child. The older I get, the more I realize, like, I know nothing, nothing, nothing. I have so much to learn. I have so much more to go. That's okay. Like, I'm happy to stay the course, you know? But yeah, just like listen, 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 listen. Help others. Be of service to others. Mm. Not just because you never know who becomes somebody. Just because it's a good habit to have. Yeah. Helping others. Whoever it may be. See someone that needs help, just help them. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you can get from them in the future. Just help them. That's such good advice. It's a better reputation to have.
2: All right. So that's don't take yourself too seriously listen because you don't know everything and don't party don't Don't party party, don't yeah be a silly goose but not too silly don't be a square don't don't be the cokehead at at the backstage party yep and help others be a be of service that is so good it's funny you said uh presenting yourself in a way that wasn't like sort of authentic to your true self i really struggled with that i still do I, I really struggle with imposter syndrome. Like, what? who do I think I am? You know, I was talking to a very close friend of mine and a mentor. And he was very candid with me and very sweet about that the other day. And he said, like, this isn't a dig on you, James. It's actually a compliment. But every once in a while, I, I, I sense insecurity in you. And you don't have to. You're You're a talented, intelligent person. And you have every right to be here just like everyone else. And that's just the truth. It's the truth for everyone listening. It's just the truth. My father in law said something really cool to me when I had started stateside. I was really having a hard time with it. The imposter syndrome was just overflowing out of my body. And I I said something to that effect to him, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm However old I was at the time, I don't know why I think starting a music management company is a good idea at this point in my life. I also had a really good career, by the way. I was working as an inspector at Intel here in Oregon. Like It wasn't the best move financially or professionally. And he's like, "Uh, well, I'll tell you what, James. Companies are made up by by people. He has a a Louisiana drawl. So he's like, James, uh, companies are just made up by people, right? I go, yeah, Don, they are, you're right. And goes, well, you're just a person, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I am a person. You know, like companies are made up by people. Bands are made up by people. Artist management companies are just made up by people. All we are, it's all just people being people. There is no special person out there. You are the special person. And that's the truth.
1: 100%, you know? Uh, It's like, if it's humanly possible then it's humanly possible. That's it. You know, someone can go to the moon, then that means humans can go to the moon. If someone else has managed a successful band, that means I can do it too. If I just shut the fuck up, listen and try to help someone along the way.
2: Amen. I love that. Well, to whatever you're doing out there, if you're starting a restaurant or you're starting a business, just know that you can do it because ding dongs like me and Joseph can do it. You know, like, we don't have any special powers, I promise you.
1: Well. Well,
2: other than flight, I didn't know if I mentioned that. Yeah, okay, the last question I have for you, and I ask everyone this as we wrap the show up, I call it the State of the Union. What is your overall sense of the industry that you and I work in? Obviously, you're hopeful. You Otherwise, you wouldn't be working in this industry. But I want you to dig deep and kind of reflect on where we've been in this thing where we're headed and do you think the industry is headed in a good direction do you think we should head in a different direction you have the floor
1: i think it's exactly like the direction it's headed there's always going to be incredible art that is heard there's always going to be incredible art that is never heard there's always going to be the artist where it's like why weren't they bigger? There's Mm -hmm. always going to be, there is a band like the 1975, right? Where they're, in my opinion, undeniably fucking incredible. Yeah, I agree. Great music has found a way, you know, they've been a band for a long time before they blew up. There's going to be bands that are just as good. That unfortunately don't make it there. Right. Then there's going to be a lot of, of stuff that I don't care what people try to tell me is not good that finds a way to or at the very least I don't think is good you know I'll get some maturity behind me there mm-hmm. stuff that I might not think is great right? you know like how the fuck did this like what you know that is gonna make a way to you know when you think about the music I like I grew up in the 90s I was born in 1990 so I heard oasis on the radio third eye blind and i heard all the bullshit one hit wonders that is literally trash garbage music it's still happening today yeah there's uh boy genius the year's not even over the record is my favorite album of 2023 is it yeah and there's some stuff that's come out this year that i'm like all right cool you know (laughs) <laughs> it's always going to be like that you know there's always going to be really awesome stuff that finds a way yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm here for
2: if it's good it's good
1: so i going to be people that come in that just you know make a bunch of money off of doing something that's very uh, you know whatever and then they go to another industry or sometimes those people build castles in the music industry you know I don't know I think like as different as everything is, it's still the same.
2: Right. Do you do you think that obviously there's less gatekeepers today? That's a common thing I talk about on the show. And that's a good thing. Right. But do you think because of that now there's there's just more of everything? Do you think that oversaturation in the industry is a concern for you? Not a concern. Does that almost excite you in a way that there's so many options?
1: No because i genuinely think that great music will always find a way. Right. I agree. But then that defeats the statement i just said where sometimes it doesn't. But there's so many variables, right? There's so many variables on yeah. like how an artist can make it or not make it and sometimes it's as simple as attitude. If an artist has a good attitude and is pleasant and they make great music then they will find a way. You know, if an artist makes great music but they are impossible, then it'll be harder for them.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, what's funny about that to me is like, it's, it's so interesting because I agree on one level that if it's good, it'll, it'll penetrate through and it'll find an audience. I do believe that, but there's so many variables to your point that I think I'll give you an example. When I played in my last band, I played in arguably the band that had the most traction and any chance to do anything I was getting really frustrated that it wasn't really taking off, right? Where I could like quit my job and be a full-time rock star or whatever. But when I reflect back on it with, with older age and wisdom, the truth is I self-sabotaged it. <laughs> Do you know why?
1: One million percent.
2: And the reason I did, Joe, is because it at the, at the end of the day, it wasn't the right place for me. God or the universe, whatever you believe, had a different plan for me. And I think I had to really listen to that voice, right? Like I, at the end of the day, wasn't meant to be on tour eight months out of the year. That's the thing with people that play music. You, you have to be one of the very lucky few, the minority of people that can make money being a musician and reaching an audience that's going to have any amount of impact without having to tour the living shit out of your life. You have to be on the road constantly. You're never going to be home. It's going to be very hard to have any semblance of a normal life. And if you're made for that, then you're made for that. But if you're not, it's going to be a it's going to be a real hard struggle for you. And that was something that I per- this is just my own personal experience. That's something that I had to really come to grips with. And it doesn't mean that I love music any less. Doesn't mean that I love being in this thing any less i just i had to find my own corner in this thing and that's that's where i'm at now that's why i founded stateside and that's what i do what i do i think i have more to offer in this realm than i did drumming in rock band that's the truth and i was a pretty fucking good drummer by the way i did not suck i was pretty good and it that didn't matter that's my point (laughs) it wasn't just about how good you are there's to your point there's so many other variables that have to be factored in
1: Yeah. I think talent, luck, and timing. I've heard a great manager tell me that before too, Mm -hmm. you know, is a huge part of it, but yeah, it's like, I've gotten a firsthand experience at an artist where it's like this, you know, this is incredible. It's so good. Why are they not bigger? And then, you know, you start getting behind the wheel and it's like, oh, I see why they're not bigger. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes, sadly their own fault. Yes. So it's like, so many variables and i try to you know like the artists i represent i try to tell them like hey you're such a sweet person never fucking lose who you are because because if you do like you know things are working out for you because you're an incredible artist that makes amazing music but you're also just such a sweet and kind person you know just like don't lose that part of you
2: and by the way, that matters more than all of this. That's, the, that's my point. Is like My marriage with my wife matters more than my career. It matters more than really a lot of things in my life. And my relationship with my parents matters more than my career. My friendship, all, all these things matter more. And you have to take that with you. So anyone that's listening that's really hitting your head against the wall and you're, you just feel like you're not making headway in that thing you're doing, self-reflect a lot. Because the variables, to Joe's point, what is it? Talent, time, timing, and luck—that comes into play. But also yourself, your own personal hangups, and and things that you need to figure out. Maybe also getting in your own. way. Yeah, yeah. And with that, I appreciate your time, Joe. As always, I think that was that's a good place for us to wrap it up, dude. I wish you the best of luck, and I I am just so fucking pumped for the new era for Joe Buscema. And I'm one of the lucky few to know what the hell we're talking about. And again, I apologize to the audience for being so cryptic, but I'm sure you guys understand when you're waiting for that contract to dry, for the ink to dry in the contract rather, uh, you don't want it to be ruined by blabbing your mouth. So we're going we're gonna to honor that for Joe as well. I'm sure you understand. And then we'll have him back on and we'll, we'll talk about it all in full transparency and we'll continue the journey.
1: Hell yeah, brother! Hell yeah, brother! All right, uh, where can people find you, Joe? Nowhere. My social media is private. You cannot find me. You can try to request to follow me on Instagram, and depending on how I feel, I'll let you know. But it's at the Joe Buscema
2: Oh, on
1: Instagram. So
2: you're in a different place I with that. I do not
1: go on Twitter anymore. Okay. I don't remember the last time I went on Facebook, other than to set up an advertiser access thing.
2: Well, how about this? How about this? What What if there's a band listening? That thinks that you might be the best manager for them. How do they get in touch with you, or is it more of like, "Hey, if I if I hear you, I hear you." Where where are you at with that?
1: Send me a request on Instagram. We'll see what happens. <laughs> there you go. See if you can get through. Not trying to be like that, but it's just you know, I try to I try to keep a private life on social media. No, and you have a
2: right to, and I, I think that yeah, I think that even underlines and solidifies our whole conversation for the past hour here is that in reality you have a right to your own privacy and you have a right to your own happiness than anything else. And you need to bring that sincerity along your journey in your career. How's that?
1: Yeah. Boundaries are great. I love it.
2: All right, dude. I love you. And uh, we'll catch up with the next time. Thanks, man.
1: All right. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you soon.